Hey friends, welcome back to the show. My name is Cami Wilkie. If you are new here, I am a faith-based high ticket sales coach. My mission of this podcast is to help you, a mom, somebody who loves the Lord, somebody who is a coach. My mission is to help you build a wildly profitable online coaching business, help you get more clients, increase your income so that you can stay home and snuggle up with those little kiddos that the Lord blessed you with. And it is Thursday, which on the Bible's Babies and Business podcast, Thursdays mean a Bible study breakdown episode. Now we are in a little four week series inside of the book of Proverbs. And so friend, I'm so excited to bring you this episode. Thank you for pressing play and letting me chat with you for the next half hour or so in your earbuds. Today's episode, again, we're in the book of Proverbs and we're going to be going through four steps to business planning with Jesus as a Christian entrepreneur. So I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like there's this awkward balance as a Christian entrepreneur between surrendering your business fully to Christ, like, like giving him full control And also at the same time, working hard and being faithful to the assignment he's given you. Like, like for me, that's just, that, that is a balancing act for me. Maybe it is for you as well. And so today, again, I want to talk about that. I want to look at scripture and I really want to talk about what does it practically look like? I'm all about practicalness here on that podcast. What does it practically look like? to build a business with Jesus, specifically to make business plans with the Lord. So friend, if you are stoked about that just as much as I am, then I'm excited. Grab your Bibles and let's do it. Hey mama, welcome to Bibles, Babies, and Business. Are you ready to start an online biz, quit your nine to five, and stay home with your kids? Are you up late at night Googling online business ideas, how to market myself, and how to get my first paying client? Do you have lots of ideas, but feel overwhelmed when trying to figure out which ones to focus on so you can move your business forward? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, I too felt drained by my day job and wished I could find a way to make money online. I wanted time freedom and the financial freedom to be a stay-at-home mom, but imposter syndrome kept creeping in and telling me, you could never make enough money doing that. And what if you do try and you fail? But then I discovered how to build an online coaching business from home. In this podcast, you'll find biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, online marketing tips to help you start and build an online coaching business from home and a whole lot of mom life because we're doing it all with a baby on our hip. So grab your Bible, snuggle your baby, and let's build your business because you were made for this. So I wanted to kick off the episode by sharing a win with you from a coach that I am working with. um, And she had this win this last week. So I was helping her finalize her pricing for her one-on-one coaching program. And a little bit about me as a coach, pricing is one of my all-time favorite things to talk about with other coaches, like helping them finalize, put all the details together of uh, their, their payment options for their coaching packages. And so we were doing that together and we had finalized the pricing for her one-on-one coaching program. And then within a few hours after our call ended, her potential client that she had a sales call with had given her a verbal commitment to pay, get this, 
$12,800 to work with her inside of her one-on-one coaching program. Isn't that incredible? Y'all, if you are, again, new here to the podcast, I am a faith-based, high-ticket sales coach, and there's many reasons why I believe in high-ticket sales. Maybe I'll record um, another episode about that here soon in the future, but I teach people how to package together their coaching offers and sell it for top dollar. In other words, for a high-ticket price. And again, this coach had a verbal commitment from her potential client that they agreed to pay $12,800 to work with her inside of her one-on-one coaching program. And it is just, it's such a huge win. It is incredible. But I do have to say though, I'm not really surprised that this particular coach that I am working with had this huge win in her business. And here's why I'm not really surprised by that. Number one, she she loves the Lord. She, she has a heart on fire for Jesus. Number two, she is fiercely committed to the assignment that God has given her. Backing down is not at all in her nature. Giving up, is those are not words in her vocabulary. She is very, very committed to the work that the Lord has her doing. Number three, she is excellent at planning out her work, getting her calendar set up. She knows exactly what she's doing every single day to move her business forward. And number four, she is diligent and one of the most disciplined people that I have ever met in following through with her work. So all of these things combined, like I'm not really surprised that she had this win in her business, which by the way, like she's having wins all over the place in her business. She is getting commitments from potential clients all over the place in her business. This is just one of those wins that I'm sharing with you today. Um, and it really just, uh, it was honestly just a great example leading into the conversation that we're about to have today, talking about what does the balance look like between surrendering your business to the Lord fully and also being diligent, working hard, and, and thoughtfully planning out how you're going to reach goals in your business? I mean, God called you to this business. It is worth praying about. It is worth making plans for. It is worth being diligent and disciplined in your work. And What I have seen in the coaching space is two extremes of this scenario. So extreme number one, which which by the way, neither one of these extremes are good. Neither one of these extremes are an ideal situation. But extreme number one is when a coach uh, will not make any plans in their business and they'll just say, God, you know, do whatever you want. And then the coach will just sit back and just like wait for like something miraculous to happen. Like the coach is either afraid to make plans in their business or they're unwilling to make plans or they have um, their theology is a little bit messed up and they think that somehow God doesn't want them to make plans. And so they're just sitting back, kicking their feet up and saying, yeah, God's just going to like make it all happen. So that's like one extreme. Like that's, that's not what the Lord is asking you to do. We'll talk about that in a moment. That's extreme number one. Extreme number two is making all of your own plans, not consulting God at all in any of your plans, and then just having the audacity to ask him to bless your plans. Now I giggle at this um, because that used to be me. That was me. Let me just have a little humble moment with you. That was me. I've been a believer 
for as long as I can remember, but I was a lukewarm believer for much of my life. And it wasn't until 2020 when the Lord kind of like shook me awake um, and just, just re-sparked my faith journey with him. And that's really when I started diligently surrendering and, and building a business with Jesus instead of just building my own business and asking God to bless it. Friend, I want you to hear me very clearly. Surrender is not sitting back and waiting for God to do the work for you. That is called laziness, and the Lord detests laziness. On the other hand, stewardship is not trying to do it all yourself and grinding your way to success, okay? Both of those extremes are not good. So what does it actually look like to simultaneously surrender your business to Jesus while also being diligent in stewarding the work that he's called you to do at the same time. What does that look like? And so today I want to walk you through four practical steps for business planning with Jesus. We have a lot of scripture that we are going to be referring to today because one thing that I'm committed to is teaching you how to build a business based upon biblical Principle. So I want you to, if you don't have your Bible yet, I want you to go get your Bible, grab your highlighter, because we're going to be looking and flipping through scripture all throughout this episode. Um, and we're going to have lots of verses that we're going to look at today, but there are three anchor verses, if you will, three verses that really sparked the uh, idea for this episode that we are going to just be anchored in today. And that is all again in the book of Proverbs, because we are moving through the Bible in chronological order. That's what the Bible study breakdown episodes are. We are moving through the, the Bible again, each book, chronological order, taking passages from each of the books and applying it practically to our everyday life. And so I want to read you three verses from the book of Proverbs. They're all actually in chapter 16 as well. So the first one is Proverbs 16, 1, and it says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. That's number one. Second anchor verse, Proverbs 16, 3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. And the last anchor verse for today that is going to set us up for this conversation of how to business plan with Jesus is Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So let's just dive right on in. Four practical steps for business planning with Jesus. Here is step number one. Ask the Lord for wisdom before you write any plans down, before you write any goals down. I want you to very first, first step, ask the Lord for wisdom. James 1, 5 verses through eight, okay? Most people just, just refer back to James 1, 5. We're actually gonna read the entire passage because context is important in the Bible. So let me read to you first where what James 1, 5 says, and then I'm gonna explain to you why is this the first step to practically business planning with Jesus. So James 1, verses five through eight says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, okay, this is the part that people like, people usually don't read this far. This is the other half of those passages, passages that we really need to also glean wisdom from. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver 
for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are as, un- or excuse me, they are unstable in everything they do. So friend, practical step number one to business planning with Jesus, before you write anything down, ask the Lord for wisdom. And if friend, if you're going to ask God for wisdom, which I hope that you do when making your business plans, then you actually need to believe that he's going to give you the wisdom. That's what that second half of the passage is saying. Ask God for wisdom and then believe that he's going to actually give you wisdom. I don't know about you, but I struggle with this. I will ask God for wisdom and then I will doubt that he's actually going to give it to me. That, so I'm just, th- this verse is convicting me as well. We need to ask the Lord for wisdom and then believe that he is actually going to give us wisdom and discernment along with that. And maybe you're like me and sometimes you struggle with believing that God's going to give you the wisdom that you're asking for. And to you, friend, I would direct your attention to Mark 9 verse 24. I do believe, but help me overcome my un belief. Friend, if you are like me and sometimes you struggle with unbelief, like you believe the Lord, you believe that what the Bible says is true. But but on the other hand, your flesh also sometimes struggles with unbelief. First off, welcome to the human club. The Lord understands our humanness. He understands our flesh and he asks us, he invites us, he welcomes us to ask him to help us with our unbelief. We don't have to be ashamed Shame is never from the Lord, friend. We never have to be ashamed, but we can come to the Father and say, Father, I believe you, and I'm also struggling to believe you. He understands your heart even more so than you do. Let's profess that to the Lord, and then let's repent, which repent sometimes can sound like a scary word, but all that means is to turn and allow God to help you to turn, okay? So that is step number one. Ask the Lord for wisdom before writing any of your plans, any of your goals down for your business. And, you know, the the second part to that is believe that he's going to give you wisdom. Number two. Okay, so at this point, you've asked the Lord in prayer to give you wisdom. The second step to business planning with Jesus is write your goals down. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Write the vision and make it plain. In other words, I don't want you to keep your goals up in your head. I want you to actually physically write or t- write or type them down. I don't know about you, but for me, like my brain just goes so fast that like writing is very stressful for me. My brain is going like 90 miles an hour and my hand can go like at a maximum of like 15 miles an hour. So I'm a typer. That's totally okay, friend. Type it out if you need to. But you need to document it. Document your goals. Write the vision and make it plain. And again, this is where I think I I see coaches getting tripped up. Sometimes coaches hesitate to write their goals down because they're worried. Well, like, what if my goals aren't God's goals? And I'm just like writing these things down in selfish ambition. And like, and they just, they, they start to panic about it. Okay, so I have two things to respond to that anxiety. If you're somebody who has anxiety about writing your goals down because maybe you're worried that either they they won't happen or maybe you're writing goals down that aren't in aligned with the Lord. Again, I have two responses for you. The first thing, at this point, 
like step number one was asking the Lord for wisdom. So you already asked God for wisdom, believe that his word is true and he's actually going to give it to you. And that includes in your goal planning. Number two, God gave you an imagination for a reason. Use it. He gave you a mind. He gave you free will. He gave you the ability to dream big. Friend, your imagination is a gift from the Lord. Use it. Permission granted to write your goals down and not hold back. Just write them down. Just write them down. Now, second to that, okay, because this is not manifestation. This is not just like writing things down and expecting that by writing them down, you're somehow calling them in from the universe. Like, you know, like all that like wacky new age talk. That's not what we're doing, okay? But permission granted to write them down. And then here's the second part to that. Once you have your goals written down and you've used your imagination, you have dreamed big, then submit these goals to the Lord and ask God to give you revelation on anything that you've written down that is not from him. This is an opportunity for both you and the Lord to check your motives. For example, maybe you wrote down, God, I really want the big house. Okay, that's totally cool. There is nothing sinful about having a big house. But why do you want the big house? Is it because you want to have a welcoming, open space to invite your family and friends into fellowship and have a safe um, home environment for people to just um, be able to take a deep breath in and you maybe you have goals of having a big family and 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 that big family needs space <laughs> of their own. Is that the reason? Or are you wanting to just post pictures of it on your Instagram to just kind of puff your chest out to everybody who made fun of you in high school? Okay, so that is an example of the house itself. That's not sinful. We have to check our motive though as to why do you want the house? Why do you want the $10,000 a month? Is it to pay off debt? Is it so that you can provide an income for your family? Is it so that like maybe you're like me, uh, my husband and I, we're, we're using a lot of the income that we're generating right now in order to fund an adoption that we are going through. Why do you want the $10,000 months? The $10,000, that's not evil. That's neutral. But what is your motive behind wanting the $10,000? Jeremiah 17, 10 says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So friend, I ask you, what are your secret motives behind your goals? And if you find that you are having any sort of selfish ambition behind your goals, again, you don't have to feel shame for that. Shame is not from the Lord. All you have to do is repent, which is just a fancy way of saying turning back to the Lord. He already knows your heart. And so nothing that you write down and no motive you have surprises him. Allow the Lord to examine your heart. Write all your goals down and then submit it to the Lord and say, God, purify this. If there's anything on this piece of paper that is not of you, that is not glorifying to you, would you reveal it to me? And would you turn my heart back to you? God, would you give me wisdom and then believe that he is actually going to do it? So that's number two, write your goals down. Number three, after you have written your goals down, 
Now you need to write down your plans to achieve those goals. So we cannot just write down our goals and then expect God to go poof, here you go, and then give our goals to us without any effort or thoughtful planning out on our own part, okay? So you may have a question to yourself, well, does God even want us to make plans? Like maybe you were hesitant to to write down any goals. Maybe now you're feeling a little hesitant. Like, should I even write down any plans? Like what if my plans are aligned with his and then I'm like running 90 miles an hour in the wrong direction? And like, I just don't want to waste any time. So I'm just not going to write down any plans at all. That's me. Hello. Welcome to my brain. Okay. So friend, (laughs) I, I want you to know that I'm coming to you from a humble place. I need this episode either just as much, if not more than you do. Okay. So does God want us to make plans? Let's go to the Bible. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Proverbs 21.5 Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. This verse reminds me of the coach that I was telling you about earlier in this episode who got the verbal commitment from her potential client Uh, that they agreed to pay her $12,800 to work with her in her one-on-one coaching program. Her process, I have seen her process of going out and finding these leads, of having these conversations. And I'll tell you what, she is working diligently and she is working hard. She's not working all hours, 24 hours of the day. She's not um, doing this in her own will, but you better believe that she is putting in the work and she is being consistent in it and there are no shortcuts in her process. And according to Proverbs 21.5, which the book of Proverbs is full of principles, not promises, principles. It says good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. All right, moving on to the next verse. We have two more. Proverbs 24.27, do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Love that one. That one's just so straightforward. Do your planning, prepare your fields before you build your house. I love it. That's like just, again, another permission slip from, from the Lord that's saying, hey, before you go and build the business, before you go and um, set out on another launch, before you create another program, do your planning, prepare your fields, then Go forth with your plans, then build the house. And last one, Proverbs 31, 15. The Proverbs 31 woman, we're going to talk about her a lot more next week, but just a little touch on the Proverbs 31 woman here. Again, chapter 15, or excuse me, verse 15, it says, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. So in case there was any question in your mind, Does God want me to make plans for my business? The answer is yes. He wants you to make plans. He just also wants to be included in those plans. Okay? And again, ask the Lord to give you wisdom on those plans. And if you're like, hey, I have these goals, but I have not a single clue how to get there, then perhaps it is time to invest in wise counsel. Maybe it is time to invest in a mentor in a business coach, in a sales strategist, in somebody who can help you reach your goals and help you with the planning aspect behind your goals. Reverse engineer how you're gonna get to those goals. 
So that's number three. Write down your plans to achieve your goals. And lastly, number four, allow room for the Holy Spirit to move. We cannot be so married to our plans that we miss out on or worse, reject something that God wants to do just because it wasn't perfectly penciled into our plans and or schedule. So maybe you had a goal of signing five one-on-one coaching clients between now and Christmas. Cool. I love it. That's, that's an awesome goal. That's an awesome uh, thing to reach for. What if God wants that number to be eight clients instead of five clients though? Or what if he wanted that number to be three clients instead of five clients? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with being diligent and committed to your work while surrendering the outcome? See, surrendering to the Lord does not mean that you just sit back and do nothing. No, 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 no. It means that you work diligently using all of the resources that God has given you and you release the outcome to the Father. Friend, I want to summarize for you steps one through four real quick, and then we're going to close out this episode. So four practical steps for business planning with Jesus. Number one, ask the Lord for wisdom before writing anything down and believe that he is going to give you the wisdom that you're asking for. And if you're struggling with unbelief, friend, all you have to do is confess that to the Lord and turn. Let him know, God, I believe you. But on the other hand, I'm also struggling to believe you. Will you help me? Help me with my unbelief. And his answer is going to be yes, absolutely. He wants you to come to him wholeheartedly in a vulnerable state and just lay before him the things that are on your heart. He already knows them. He just wants, like, like just like you want your children to come to you when they have a problem, he wants you to come to him when you have a problem, okay? So don't be afraid to go to the Lord and say, God, I am struggling with belief. Help me with my unbelief. Number two, write your goals down, okay? Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it plain. And if you are worried about, well, what if my goals aren't aligned with God? Number one, you already asked him for wisdom, so believe that his word is true. And number two, God gave you an imagination for a reason. Use it. Write your goals down. And then submit them, submit them to the Lord and allow him to give you revelation of any goal that you wrote down that is not of him. Allow him and ask him to search your heart and to check your motives. A big house is not evil. Having a $10,000 month is not evil. It is the motive behind the house that can be sinful. It's the motive behind the $10,000 month that can be worldly. Number three. Write down your plans to achieve those goals. So again, friend, we cannot just write our goals down and then expect God to just go, poof, here you go, and then give our goals to us, give us the things that we want without any effort or thoughtful planning on our part. God wants us to be diligent in our plans and submit our plans to the Lord, okay? And we went through four different Bible verses that confirm that God is giving us a permission slip to go ahead and make plans. He wants you to make plans. He just also wants to be included in those plans. And then number four, friend, allow room for the Holy Spirit to move amongst your goals and amongst your plans, okay? We cannot be so married to our plans that we miss out on or even reject something that God is wanting to do, okay? 
Okay, so be diligent and committed in your work and surrender the outcome to the Lord. Friend, if you loved this episode, I want you to know that there is more content like this happening all the time on my Instagram account, which you can come hang out and follow me at cami.wilkie. Let me spell that out for you. You can also find it down in the show notes. It is C-A-M-I-E dot W-I-L-K-E. I would love to have you come follow me, hang out with me, slide into my DMs. Let me know that you listened to this episode and let me know what the Lord spoke to you through this episode. I would love to know and I would love to hear from you. All right, friend, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Bible's Babies and Business Podcast, and I'll see you on Monday. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bible's Babies and Business Podcast. If you learned something from today's episode, or if it blessed you in any way, I would love to know. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, and I may just read your review on the show. Thank you again for being here, and I pray that God would fill you with peace in your faith, your motherhood, and your business, because you were made for this.